Welcome, welcome, welcome. After we've been gone for like, I don't know, a week, week and a half. A week. We're a back. Week. I got coffee. Unfortunately. One of us ain't dying. Alive. It's degenerate yeah, Christmas listen. in Virginia. It's a good day. Also, uh, a new man has taken over office in the great city of Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> His name is James Harden, and he's here to fuck your wife. <laughs> oh, not the other man who took over the other office in the other yeah, big city. Yeah, okay, yeah. I got you. All yeah. right, yeah, okay. All right. I mean, I guess you could you could in the same breath say that Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal should be leaving office in Washington <laughs> along with Donald Trump, but like whatever. Uh, maybe soon ish possibly. Yeah, probably. At least probably for Beale. sooner than later. Yeah, definitely for Beal. Um yeah, uh, I uh, am unfortunately experiencing post-COVID uh, life, which is an uh, immune system that has been utterly shot. Uh, for those of you that are not interested in the graphics of it, I will say this. I have the shits, the fevers, the sweats, and a general fuzziness, which leaves me running the shower for 20 minutes longer without ever getting inside of it. Um, things are weird uh, out here in these streets. And if you see me on the street, walking around with a robe on just just tell me where i live and just send me home I'm, I, I'm sure i'll be fine but this has been a fucking disaster um on the flip side though we got some fun shit to talk about we, we got do. some fun stuff we have some fun stuff to talk about uh i want to get like right into it it is one of the best days of the year generally one of the best days of the week whenever this actually happens tonight is the best TNT doubleheader we've had probably all year. Um, and, and and by the, the reason that I just say it's the best doubleheader uh, is because um, I... Uh, okay, great. The Pelicans at the Jazz is not the best game on earth. Okay, fine. I admit it'll that. It'll be fun, though. But at 7.30... It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. Like, I, I, listen, it'll be a lot of lobs and a lot of defensive basketball. It'll be Brandon Ingram versus, uh, uh, versus Rudy Gobert. It'll be fun. It'll be interesting. But that 7.30 matchup, the best offense in the league, the Milwaukee Bucks, goes against the top defense in the league against the L.A. Lakers. Um, I'm really excited for this one, man. Like, I haven't been excited. Like, I've watched a lot of basketball over the last week, just, like, laying on my couch and being in a fairly vegetative state. And um, this is probably the best matchup I've seen thus far. Um, Why don't you tell the people why you're excited about this game, Matt? Uh, Because I could not wait. For sports betting to go live in Virginia today, and the very first thing I did was bet the Lakers money line. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Couldn't Welcome wait. to the club, baby. Couldn't wait. Welcome to the club. I cannot wait to text you at 4.30 in the morning and be like, hey, man, you want to bet on some Lithuanian basketball? Like, yes. I can't wait for it to happen. Um, I'm going to respond with uh, a stepbrother's uh, gif of just, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, this is actually, I mean, this is probably the best the best matchup that we've had in a while. Um I'm I'm really excited to see um, Montrez how Montrez Harrell stacks up against some of those you know uh, Bucks second um, second line guys. It's going to be obviously be fun to see Giannis you know and LeBron matchup, which could be a potential finals matchup if Giannis really gets his shit together this year. Um, it's really fun for the following reasons: um, the Lakers are looking to extend their team best road start to eight and zero. Um, through their first seven games of the season, the Lakers have averaged 
114 points, um, which is 10th in the league, while averaging a league-low 99, so uh, allowing a league-low 99.6 points per game. Um, the differential is the second-best road team. Can you guess who's better? The best road team? No. The second-best road team. I can't even Behind fathom who the, might be better than that on the road. The Clippers. Interesting. Which I found fascinating. I thought the Clippers were awful at defense. I guess they did uh, have that one just shellacking of Dallas early in the season that probably skews their number a little bit this early in the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, we're 11, 12 games in. So, yeah, they uh, had like the 40 or 50 point win or something. That, like, that'll fucking skew your numbers with only 12 games under your belt or however many they've had. If you want some more skewed, uh, some more skewed statistics, Alex Caruso and KCP rank second and third in the league in three-point shooting so far this season. Caruso, uh, twenty-three of his twenty-seven three-point attempts have been made wide open. Uh, the closest defender was six feet away, and he has shot sixty percent on those attempts. Caldwell Pope has shot forty-six percent on his twenty-six wide-open threes, uh, and sixty-six percent on open looks. Um, this the... is. This is number two in the West versus number two in the East, number one defense versus number one offense. I'm very excited for 730. Uh, I will take the Lakers, and I will take the over as well because uh, this game is probably going to be one of those ones where uh, I don't think it's going to be as much of a defensive matchup as we think just because of all the shit that we've written about it. I saw a fun stat, actually. Their last two meetings, last two or three meetings, I don't remember, but their last two or three meetings have actually gone under – their projected total by an average of like 12 and a half points. Yeah. That doesn't sound, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. That's, that's well, well the, so the, the average of the total was about the same as it is for tonight's matchup was, uh, I think like two twenty eight and a half and a half ish. Mm -hmm. I believe I don't have it pulled up right now, but I think about two twenty eight and a half. and a half. So it was about the same total, but they've gone under by an average of 12 and a half points. All right, so maybe hammer the under. That, I take that, that scared me away a little bit. Yeah, I like the over too at first glance, and I was like, yeah, maybe I don't yeah, let, like the under. Let's walk that <laughs> or back. Don't like the over. Yeah, so I'm probably gonna leave that one alone and just ride with the Lakers. I think they're getting uh, points. They're they're only getting one or two depending on where you look, but I think they're getting points because LeBron is questionable. Listen, bro, LeBron's questionable every night. He'll be out there. <laughs> Yeah, he's. I love it. He's like questionable day to day, questionable day to day. Like, listen, my man's gonna play when he feels like it. I'll see you in March, bro. Like these primetime games are the only games he's showing up for. Everything else is kind of like a cakewalk for him. For me, yeah. Honest. I think once they announce he's playing and like everybody's everybody's suiting up, I think that that line may go more towards a pick, or maybe the Lakers might give a point or so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in other news, this is the full list of NBA game postponements after another 11 additional players Ooh. tested positive for Our COVID-19. show long enough for this? Uh, yeah, I think it might be. Uh, <laughs> you got how many? You got you got an extra 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> Wizards versus Bucks, Grizzlies versus Blazers, Wizards versus Hornets, Cavaliers and Wizards, 76ers and Thunder, Cavaliers and Wizards, Pacers and Suns, Grizzlies and Timberwolves. Wizards and Pistons, Warriors. Did you hear a trend here? I'm starting to feel like I'm saying the same things. So the Wizards basically fucked everybody up. Yeah, um, yeah, so it seems that way. The Wizards, the 76ers also kind of sort of fucked everybody up. Um, and it looks like the Grizzlies are also one of the questionable teams in there. Um, the January 11th game, which I thought was really, uh, like, dating back to January 11th, like the Pelicans-Mavericks game, it's really interesting how, like, K KP came out last night for the Mavs and like scored like 31 points, eight boards and like five assists. And it's just like, yeah, if you give guys two weeks of break to relax, like obviously they're going to come out hot as shit. Like 
I, I don't know, I don't know what we think here, but the additional news to these uh, games suspended games is the fact that the NBA is also now pushing as a public service announcement uh, to get NBA players prioritized on the COVID vaccine list, which, um, you know what, listen, be honest with me, be real with me, tell me the truth, tell me that you're just trying to make sure that you can, um, you know, boost uh, your sales revenues and not lose any more money. Don't tell me it's for the good of the players because we all know it's not. Yeah, well, that, that's well, it's not even that. that. We were texting about this yesterday, I think, where initially they were like, uh, we're not going to jump any lines for vaccines. Like, we're going to follow the order that it's supposed to be, blah, blah, blah. And then this week, Adam Silver's like, we're looking into getting our players vaccinated for educational purposes to educate and sway the public, hopefully, to let them know that the vaccine is safe and that they should take it. It's like... Mm-hmm. No, you're not. (laughs) Don't lie to us. Just tell us you want to vaccinate your players because your COVID's causing a shit show right now in the NBA and you want to finish your season and keep games going because it's, there's way too much money in it. We don't care if you tell us that we're degenerates. We, we know how miserable life was without sports eight months ago. We want sports. (laughs) We don't care if you tell us that. Don't forget. This was the guy who was betting on Taiwanese soccer games or baseball (laughs) games when we first had a chance. Like I'm, I'm here with you. I understand you. I mean, it's also, it also comes kind of off the back of the fact that like the NBA is instituting like no handshake rules at the end of games. And I'm sure the players are just kind of like, bro, how, like, what do you mean? No handshake rules. We share a ball for 48 minutes a night. Yeah. The referees yell at us. Like we have, you know, upwards of, 25 people per organization like like you can't you can't arbitrarily make rules and then expect us to be like oh yeah this is a great idea it's for our protection like you have no clue what you're doing this is an absolute fucking sham and disaster yeah that's Uh, just as dumb as the nfl when they initially were like oh no jersey swaps so like okay yeah the the linebacker that just tackled that tailback uh, 12 times in the game can't go swap jerseys with that guy you know five minutes after tackling him like all right bro i mean okay i mean it's 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 fucking it's it's crazy and and um what what i think is 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 even more interesting is the fact that like they're like well you know we think that this is going to be best for the safety of the players and it's like maybe 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 adam silver you believe that in your heart of hearts but realistically speaking, the owners are telling you that if we have any more COVID cases, the players are going to mutiny, riot, and not fucking play another game. So, like, get your shit together and let's collectively put these billions of dollars that we have behind us to make sure that these motherfuckers get vaccinated. And listen, uh, new President Biden says that he wants to use his melting brain to make sure that we get 100 million vaccines over his first 100 days. We're at 750,000 vaccines a day now. Is it possible that all hundred that all the entire NBA could get vaccinated before some of us? More than likely, yes. I bet you they're on that fucking list. Do I really give a shit? No. I just want to keep betting. That's all I want to say. Yeah, well, the way I see it too is like you, you hear these reports every day about all these states have like they had real like no plan. So you have all these vaccines just sitting on the shelf and they're waiting. And there's a shelf life of these vaccines that they need to go into an arm. So like. If the alternative is either, like, if your choices are either let a vaccine sit and possibly go to waste or give it to an NBA player that jumps the line so that we can keep having sports, you know what? Use the vaccine. At least someone's right. getting vaccinated with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's better than just sitting there and not going to anybody. No, I'm with you. Um, I want to, uh, I want to throw a couple of other 
small tidbit NBA newsies. Uh, 2019 first-round draft pick Kevin Porter Jr. is apparently being shopped around by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, what a what a head case, man. I I mean, he's missed, what, 10 straight games for that organization. Um, I'm not exactly sure why he's missing games. It's like he's just not happy. Is that what it is? Well, he's he had some issues before with the DUI and crash, and, and like he's had some locker room issues. And like he, I, I don't know what, like, just wave the guy. No one's going to trade you. No. Yeah. <laughs> just no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, I mean, listen, if you're, if you're Golden State right now, you might want to get rid of Kelly Uber and try and see if it'll work out with this lunatic, but. Um, you know, ah, Uber it, come He'll be fine. Uh, he, he shot better finally, like two yeah. nights, three nights ago. He had a couple of threes for the first time in his fucking life. Um, <laughs> uh, CJ McCollum is out with a fractured foot for four weeks. He's going to miss probably 17 games, which absolutely fucking ruins my fantasy team. Um, yeah, but, that sucks. I uh, like him. Me too. I gotta say, um, I was this year for Portland was probably the highest ceiling year that I've had them. I mean, Last year's bubble was kind of like iffy. Two years ago was like more interesting because of Dame, but this was the year I was like the cohesive collectiveness. It felt be that very way, good. right? Nurkic was healthy. Uh, of course, he's hurt now too again. So like, yeah, yeah I was, he was my next one. Yeah. I was gonna be like, it's, <laughs> and we're gonna stay in Portland, Bob. Uh, a fucking Nurkic goes down with a wrist injury. He'll be reevaluated in six weeks. Like, at what point when you're if you're Dame, do you just go? I think I should just go to Cleveland. Or, like, just be like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like, send me anywhere but here. <laughs> uh, he's a lifer there in Portland, probably. It's just, he. I think he relishes being that guy there for that franchise. So, I think he'll be there. But, it, you know, he's it's got to be frustrating because I, I, I'm sure they thought, well, I mean, every team thinks that they have a chance when they come in. But they had a realistic reason to think that, hey, this could be our best year yet in the past few years. Just like we thought. And, uh I don't know. It's kind of frustrating now. Your big man's hurt. You don't have Whiteside there anymore to kind of help with your big man depth. Yeah. Column hurt really, really hurts your scoring. I, I mean, they still have Mello. Mello can still shoot. Maybe he'll give him a little extra scoring off the bench. <laughs> what well, zombie Mello? But, zombie uh, Mello is always a questionable maybe for what kind of uh, version of him you're gonna get. Is yeah. it Thriller Mello or is it just yeah. like <laughs> Dawn of the Dead Mello? I don't yeah. know which one it is. But uh, um, Dame's really going to have to carry the load there for the next month or so. At least. Yeah. It looks like it might be a little longer because Nurkic was giving him really good balance off the ball uh, for him and McCollum, right? Like he would hold in the middle and kind of act like a pivot. And it was nice to see him because they got a little bit of extra spacing. They got some defensive help. Every once in a while, Nurkic does go cold, and it's a very streaky kind of player in my opinion. Like he can go 0 for 6, and then like he'll just disappear from a game if he doesn't start right. Um but whenever he's on, he's on, and, and I just—it's just nice to have a body that big in the middle of the floor on the defensive end. So, um, I mean, like, like I said, it might be a little bit longer. So hopefully, Dame can can keep holding them down. But uh, I'll get into it in a second when we talk about the the if the playoffs were today standings, what it would look oh, like. Um, but I mean, you know, a lot of it, and I think this year being in a bridge season, I mean, it is ten minus games. Like, you know, teams are going to have to find a way to get hot faster and sooner. So, um, yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, in other news, in other news, uh, I, I want to do this in order of like the things that make me happiest and saddest. So um, we talked about it earlier. James Harden was on a new team. It was a three-team swing. Um, Karis LeVert ended up in 
Indiana. And I think we should definitely talk about him being the most important part of that trade, because if he hadn't been traded, then they would have never found a small mass on his left kidney after acquisition. And per Levert, he said that this trade could have saved his life. Um, it is probably one of the wildest sports stories I think I've ever read in my entire life as a sports fan. Like, I'm trying to think back of other ones that were kind of weird. Um, but this one was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, the guy literally could have died. Um, and had they not, had Brooklyn not willy-nilly traded, I would say a guy that, like, is, is good enough, right? Like, to, to be a, a frontline guy anywhere else in the NBA. And he will be a frontline guy um, in, um, in Indiana. Uh, like, he, he could have died. And that's fucking crazy, just, like, playing the game that he loves so much. Yeah, it's wild. The story's, like... It's like every emotion wrapped into one, right? Like, on one hand, if you're the Pacers, you're like, well, shit. Uh, we just traded Oladipo for now we don't know what Levert's situation right. is. Well, like, the first, you're hyped because you're, you you trade Oladipo and you get Levert back. Who's got? A, I think he's got a little bit more team control left contract-wise. Um, younger, higher ceiling. Yeah, yeah, a little younger. He seems like he may have a higher ceiling um, and a more consistent ceiling than Oladipo, too. And mm-hmm. then this happens, and on one hand, you're you're kind of pissed because now you don't have Oladipo, but you also don't have Levert. So now what? But on the other hand, you you really can't be actually pissed because of the 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 human element to it. Is I mean, this guy's life could have been saved by having to take a physical with this trade, and it, you know yeah. it's something that he never. Even he said he felt perfectly healthy 100% when he got traded. So I mean, it's something that would have never been found likely otherwise. So yeah, I mean that, yeah. I haven't seen any reports about, you know, test results or anything like that, but hopefully it's nothing serious, but I mean, either way, thank goodness, thank goodness he was traded and thank goodness they found it. Yeah. Um, talking about the other side of the trade, right? So, uh, Victor Oladipo goes out and, uh, gets traded to Houston who in their first game without James Harden, Victor Oladipo scored the second most points by a player on his debut for Houston. Do you know who the first person was? On the debut for Houston? Mm-hmm. Had to be Harden, I would think. That is correct, yeah. and he only missed it by two points. Um, Houston's come out with a little bit of a fire under their ass. They traded James Harden. It's almost like a fuck that guy, we don't need him kind of mentality. It's like and they were right, for... right? <laughs> when they got pissed and after they... Harden's comments. And they weren't wrong to be pissed. I mean, listen, a 4-9 record is reflective of a team that was quit on by their superstar. And it's going to take a minute for Cousins, um, Oladipo, and Wall to kind of get their act together in Houston. Um, the other side of the trade ended up sending um, Jared Allen to Cleveland, which I thought might have been the biggest part of that trade. Like, maybe the most low-key successful part for a team that needed something for the future. Because, like, Andre Drummond ain't it in Cleveland long-term. Um, Jared Allen gives them, like, a young guy who's viable right now. Yeah, and like a like I mean I think he's a bona fide starter in the NBA, not a superstar, but he's a good starter. Um, and he goes, I think it's almost like there couldn't have been a better marriage between a player and a team. Like Jared Allen deserved Cleveland, and Cleveland deserved Jared Allen. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the biggest part is obviously Harden because of what it means to Brooklyn and what it means for Brooklyn this season and sure. next season. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a weird. I, I I texted you when it happened, and I'm like, I really like that move for Cleveland. But it's also really weird for Cleveland right now because their whole damn roster is like centers, centers and, and fours. Yeah. 
They they have forwards like they're rolling out lineups that have like five forwards or centers in them, and it's the wildest thing I've ever seen. They have a four playing the two. I, like they have lineups where I forget the kid's name, but they have a four playing the, playing in the two spot. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, there's a reason you're averaging 89 points a night or whatever. <laughs> like, and there's also a reason why you're giving up like 100 points a night there. Yeah. You know, so like you're losing by 11. So the defense yeah. real good. All you got to do is pick up that offense just this much and you guys will be playoff team. Yeah, but they're not um, playing for this year anyway. So, I mean, it, you know, in the no. grand scheme of things, if, if they re-sign Allen and, and get him signed a little bit longer term, maybe three or four years, um, I like it. I really like Allen. I'm, I'm high on him. I think he's, he's a great – He's a great rim runner and rim protector, um, and that, that's something that's it's, with his athleticism, it's it's really valuable these days. If if they can get a really good ball general ish point guard off the pick and roll, Jared Allen can be one of those guys. Yeah. that's just like he could he could turn into Amari in like a year, like if he gets the right guy. Yeah, they um, need uh, they need Sexton and Garland to work out, but. If Sexton and Garland continue to grow and do work out with Jared Allen, I, I think they could legitimately have a solid core there. I won't call them like a, a really good or a great core. Right. They could have a solid core there. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, so let's, I mean, let's get into it. So the last piece of, of my very happy, very sad uh, is, of course, Kyrie-based. Um, Kyrie rejoined the team on Tuesday for practice. He played Wednesday. Um, it was a... Uh, it was a hell of a Martin Luther King day for them on Monday. Um, he told the media that he quote, just needed a pause, um, which, uh, uh, okay. Um, still had to pay. What, what was it? Upwards of uh, $800,000 in missed games. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. So like real shit, right? Like you gotta be honest, that team is fucking scary like that team is the team is yes yes and no so this is this is my opinion so that team is fucking scary on the offensive side of the ball they will score 200 points a night but they will lose by 202 points a night because (laughs) no one can fucking defend (laughs) no one's gonna defend and like if you're telling me that you want james harden or kyrie irving to actually lock someone up you have lost your goddamn mind like there is no way and now your your entire defensive premise is that what KD is going to be the defender on five guys like bro, yeah he can't not... defend the entire backcourt like it's it... <laughs> no it's not going to work he, out that he way he can guard and, a superstar on any given like he could guard you know if they play Boston he can guard Tatum in the playoffs but then like sure what are you going to do what hide do you... Kyrie on Jalen Brown yeah good luck bro or... Jalen's dropping and... forty five <laughs> okay cool and you're going to tell me James Harden's going to match up with well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like it, it's it's just not going to work. I, you kind of. I mean, we had been clamoring about it for a while. It looked like they came very close. Like the Sixers came very close to landing the deal, and then Brooklyn was just like, "We have a third team." And I think I mentioned this to you early on in the summer. I was like, "There needs to be. It needs to be a three-team trade. Yeah. The only way this is going to work is if it's three teams." And I think originally, if I'm not mistaken, I tossed around like the Kings, the Nets. And the Rockets to make it work. It ended up being Indiana, which is hysterical because Victor Oladipo was begging people to join their team. Um, but um, I think what what I'm really kind of like, I don't really buy that this is going to be a problem solver for an NBA playoff team. Like 
it's going to be really hard for them to find a way to close out games. It's going to be super hard for them to find defensive stability. I think the team as a whole, as soon as it goes wrong, is going to turn into the Columbia national team of the early eighties. We're like, shit's not going right. They just start yelling at each other on the soccer field and like (laughs) calling each other all sorts of bitches and motherfuckers. Like I feel like the level of dysfunction is way higher than the ceiling that, that is there. Right. Yeah. They'll, um, there's there's one variable here though is is they have like three open roster spots now and that mm-hmm. team will that team will dominate the veteran buyout market the same way that the super teams do every year because these guys on you know at the end of their careers want to want to chase a ring one last time before they retire but if they snag somebody I don't know who you know I don't know what's going to happen or who's going to get bought out and all this other stuff but if they snag they really need some big man depth because losing Allen is was I mean he was already half their damn defense and uh, yep. DeAndre Jordan ain't it really these days anymore so Not, right they they need some big man depth and then I mean they'll they'll find a couple guys who can defend uh, you know in the veteran buyout market um, I mean like it ain't gonna happen but like say Miami buys out Iggy from his last year because they're they're going so young and they they've found a bunch of talent now since everybody's been out with COVID and like they're going to be so deep as it is. And maybe Iggy's like, okay, well, I want to play more. Right. And, and you know, so, I mean, you know, a guy like that, they he'd go to Brooklyn in a heartbeat because, A, he's him and KD play together in Golden State. Uh, B, he would want to go chase a ring one more time. So, like, he ain't getting bought out, but that's just an example. You know, they, they'll right. find somebody. That'll be an interesting variable to see who they can grab and what kind of depth they can add. And, what kind of defense they can add because yeah they can outscore everybody like you said but you know if if they play a Boston or or even a Miami in the playoffs you know, these teams that have three or four guys who can drop thirty five on you on any night like who's gonna defend who right right um, last piece of NBA fun we did this last week when we chatted I think this should be a little bit of fun for us uh, moving forward. If the playoffs were to start today, uh, we're, what, 15, 14 games into the season, uh, depending on how COVID numbers fucking fly at us, right? <laughs> um, Sixers, Bucks, Celtics, Pacers, Nets, Cavs, Hawks, and the Knicks are tied with the Magic for the eighth seed, with the Knicks having the better home record um, being the tiebreaker. Um Outside looking in would be the Heat, Hornets, Bulls, Raptors, Wizards, and Pistons. Uh, out of those teams, those bottom teams, those one, two, three, four, five, six bottom teams, I go, duh, for four of them, <laughs> being the Bulls, the Hornets, the Raptors, and the Pistons. The Heat and the Wizards are obviously very surprising. The Magic seem to have found something this year that I think is very interesting. Um it's, we'll see what happens now that Fultz is gone, like what the long-term ramifications are of that. The Heat just beat Toronto the other night. So, you know, you got to take your victories in small dosages. I know, again, we've been saying it for the last three weeks now. It's early in the season. It is what it is. But the team that I want to call out that might become one of my flops this year because of, like, just the fucking roller coaster season they've had through 14 games um, are the Atlanta Hawks, man. Like, I don't know what's going on either – they, they they figured out what Atlanta is, or they just look like shit. They have uh, they kind of went all in on this Gallinari lineup, and mm-hmm. he got hurt, and then now what? 
I mean, they're, they're seven and seven. I still think they'll make the playoffs. They'll figure it out. Um, Trey Young will, will play a little bit better. They'll kind of, I don't know. They, they have, they had a lot of lineup stuff to work through and they didn't have an off season to do it. And, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago with all these teams getting, uh, you know, half their roster is new or new coaches and like all this other stuff. And like Atlanta's kind of one of those teams where last year it was just, okay, Trey Young, we suck. Go out there and do what you got to do. And, you know, right. we'll, see, we'll see what yeah. we can do and we'll have a high draft pick. But this year they have, a, you know, a whole new lineup around them and these guys have to figure out how they're going to play, who does what best and all this and that. And then Gallinari gets hurt and throws another wrench into that. So I still think they make the playoffs. Uh, I, the biggest flop I, th- I think is Toronto in the East. For sure. Yeah. I don't like, I don't even think that's close. They just, they look like a shell of what they have been. Uh, I- is it is it Toronto or is it Toronto one and then the Wizards one A? Because like I had high hopes for for Washington this year. I mean three and eight does not yeah. really translate the talent that they have on that like in that roster. Yeah, I thought they might compete for a seven or eight seed. I, they still might. I, who knows? They're eleven games in. They still might compete for a seven or eight seed. They're only what, two games out of the eight spot. So I mean maybe. But yeah, I, I thought. They have some. They have some decent young talent. They got Beal. They ended up getting Westbrook. Like the team is there to be an eighth seed in the East. We'll we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Uh, moving out west, you have Clippers one, Lakers two, Jazz three, Suns four, Warriors, Trailblazers, Grizzlies, and Spurs to round out the bottom eight. Outside looking in. You have the Mavericks and Nuggets tied at seven and seven. The Thunder, Pelicans, Kings, Rockets, and Timberwolves. I think the bottom half of that standings, right, like ten through fifteen, is not surprising at all. Um, the Nuggets, I think, are a little bit surprising, and here's why: um, you would have expected the Mitchell, the world that is Donovan Mitchell, to be a little bit brighter than what it is. Um, uh, Jamal Murray, you mean? Well, hold on, I'm getting to that. You would have expected the Donovan Mitchell world to be bright, right? But the Jamal Murray world is exceptionally dark right now. Like, for two guys that had a massive coming out party in last year's bubble, like, both of them look like okay players. Um, Murray just looks like a regular guy. Donovan Mitchell looks like he is the superior fucking point guard. And I, and I wouldn't have bet that after last year. Like I, I wouldn't have bet that money um, comparatively on those two guys after after last year. It, it's it's a little surprising, especially from Jamal Murray's perspective, that like you had what a twenty eight point per game bubble or whatever the fuck it was, like thirty points per game, and now you're all of a sudden coming off looking like a twelve and four guy. Like, yeah, he's he's had a big he's had a couple games where he's popped off, but he's it's been a really slow start for him. I, I was kind of I'm with you. I'm a little bit surprised by that too. I thought he'd come out a lot hotter. Their whole team really like. I don't know, something hasn't really clicked yet. I still, it, I think they will. They, I think they're still good. They will. They just, I don't know. Something hasn't really I, gotten there I just, yet. It strikes me as him, like, that's just the player that he is. He's just inconsistent. And maybe, like, you know, the big uh, the big moments are the things that really help him out. And that's where he pops off. But Yeah. Um, and it's weird we say that for the team that's, they have the, the highest points per game average in the West. <laughs> so it's not like they're not scoring, but they're also giving up 112 a night, which is, close to the worst in the it's probably fourth or fifth worst in the west so like i don't like that, that's weird to say about the nuggets in the past year or two like they've, they've been able right. to clamp down a bit when they needed to so i, I 
they'll come around. I think the talent's still, the team's still there from this past season. I think they'll be fine. The other big surprise for me uh, are the eight and five Suns. What have we discovered from Chris Ball being added to a lineup of DeAndre Ayton and um, God, his name's escaping me right now. Um, uh, Devin Booker. And Devin Booker. What have we discovered? That old man Chris Paul is still really, really good at basketball, and is still yeah, he's still the the greatest floor general we've ever seen. He has changed them from being a run and gun D'Antoni esque offense to give me the ball, take your fucking time. If you rush it, I will yell at you. Yeah, exactly. He's so in control. Yeah, he is very dad mentality on that squad, and and I fucking love. Him. The last team I want to mention up here is uh, everyone. Or everyone's going to yell at me and be like, oh, the Clippers are in first place. Fuck your Lakers. Listen, bro, I never said the Clippers weren't good. The Clippers are probably one of the best regular season teams we've ever seen in the history of the (laughs) NBA ever. But once you get into the playoffs, the Clippers are literally losers, uh, as exampled by last year's Paul George's playoff P exit from the playoffs. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion that this team probably is going to make the playoffs again as the number one seed and is probably going to fucking crash and burn as the number one seed yet again. Yeah, I don't. I think they probably go in as the two. I think the Lakers are better, and they'll, they'll prove to be better through the course of the season. The Clippers the Clippers make me curious, too, because they're, they're going to be probably the biggest competitors with Brooklyn in that buyout market mm-hmm. because the Clippers are – they don't quite have the depth they had last year, the, the talented depth, I should say, that they had last year, and they're going to be shopping probably – Especially if they're behind the Lakers at the time, yeah, they're going to be shopping for that extra veteran or two as well. So it'll, it'll they'll be an interesting cog with with them in Brooklyn on the buyout market later on in the season. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there, and I think uh, it, we'll we'll see what happens with 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 the Lakers. But I, I don't, I mean, listen, going in as a two seed takes a lot of pressure off me as far as I'm concerned. There's less to prove. You just have to go in there and fucking do your work. And, and we've talked about it a hundred times. This team looks better. I have a lot of panic moments with the lakers where i'm ready to like hit the button real hard um they'll go on they'll go on two game skids and i'm like fucking fire everybody let's go um but you know i have fingers crossed that things will that they'll go in as the two or the one seed and, and all you got to do is just fucking chill and coast your way to the finals because uh, well, whoever's coming out of the east this year is going to be uh, i don't think it's going to be that good I yeah think I, I think uh i don't know i uh I don't know. I want to think that Boston or Miami would have a chance with LA and I would love to see a healthy Miami team face LA again, like with a healthy Bam and Dragic, especially with Kendrick Nunn remembering how to play basketball when he couldn't play at all in the bubble last season. Yeah. I would love to see that matchup, but I I think Brooklyn's probably the only chance the East has maybe Milwaukee, maybe Milwaukee, but I, I think Brooklyn's the only chance they really have to beat the Lakers from the East. Yeah. From a scoring perspective, yeah, defensively, I don't know. I, just, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if Milwaukee the better can... matchup, the better matchup defensively is Milwaukee, in my opinion. Middleton, yeah. Giannis, Holland, like those yeah. guys, I think. But I don't think they can score enough over a seven-game series. No, uh, because absolutely not. AD will find a way to like they'll bother Giannis enough. They'll with Morris and Harrell and AD like they'll they'll bother Giannis enough. And Miami showed last year yet again that. If you can bother Giannis enough, like that's that's a third of Milwaukee's all. Like the offense just doesn't know what to do, right? So yeah, too- that won't be quite as bad with Holiday there. Like he'll he'll run the offense and be able to to get them some buckets when they need it. But 
if you if you bother Giannis and take him off his game, like that's such a chunk of their team. I think that's that's still that's always going to be a weakness of theirs. I think until Giannis gets a jump shot, gets a little better handles, a little bit better ball security, can pass it a little better. You know, I, this is the last thing I'm going to say on the NBA. You know who's a lot better on the low? Who's that? Bam out of bio starting to fuck that twelve footer's looking good, bro. Uh, that thirteen footer's looking real sweet. Yeah, I, we talked about this a lot during the bubble, and like I, I text about it all the time. If Bam can get a mid range jumper, he'll be unstoppable. And this he's season, getting it. He's getting it. <laughs> he's getting it, yeah. and it's and it's looking very silky. Yeah, I'm he's, very scared. He's a fantastic. I, I like I couldn't be happier with locking him up long term. He's such a fantastic. He plays the point essentially, like the offense runs through him and or Butler at any given time, and he's he's such a fantastic point of the offense. And and then you can also take pressure off of guys like Precious Achua, and you can let him just go roll to the rim, bang under the boards, do what he's got to do. It's it. I mean, we talk about it a lot. That Miami team is going to be a lot of fun, and I honestly think that they're set up for the most long term success out of any of the teams in the East. Really, I mean, Boston's up there for sure. Um, the Knicks look like they might be set up for long-term success. We'll see what, you know, dummy, Do- dummy Dolan does. Um, but, you know, I think they're going to be the ones that are, uh, that, that are looking the best. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know we said we were going to talk about NFL headlines and I really want to talk about it real quick. <laughs> I, I really want to get to these fucking headlines. Can I tell you my favorite one? Tell me. The asking price for Deshaun Watson. Huh? <laughs> As as a Miami fan, I'm very invested in the asking price of Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Tell the people what Deshaun Watson's asking price is. Uh, I don't think anybody really knows, but from the the guess is that it would take probably three firsts plus a star player or a potential star player. That's that's a guess. I the, Houston might want more than that. I don't know, but the guess is so. For reference, uh, Seattle traded two firsts for Jamal Adams last season, who's yeah. maybe maybe the best safety, most impactful safety in football, right? So that's two first-round picks. But think of how much more important the quarterback position is in the NFL. So you figure yeah. they're going to want at least three picks. Um, and it, like in Miami's case, if Miami was to make a deal, I would, I, I'm guessing they would want both first-rounders this year, a first next year, Plus Tua, and maybe another first. I don't know. Maybe they want four firsts. Um, I don't know, but it's it's going to be the haul that they would want would be pretty big. I mean, this guy's under team control for four or five more seasons. He's twenty five. He's in the prime of his career, like, it, it, and he's only getting better still. Like, the asking price is going to be nuts. I don't know if we've ever seen. I don't know if we've ever seen a trade like what would happen if they do trade Deshaun Watson. Yeah, um, from what I've seen, the Jets would have to get rid of Sam Darnold plus three picks and uh, like another mid-rate star. Yeah, um, and uh, it's going to be a lot for a lot of teams to have to haggle. I think we've talked about this a whole bunch, especially when we broke the news a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> that uh, you know, it's going to have to be multiple first rounders, a star player. And I think it's going to have to be an impact rookie. Um, and speaking of impact rookies, the rumor was that if the Washington football team 
wanted Deshaun Watson, they would have to give up a whole bunch of shit. But it doesn't look like they're going to have to give up a whole bunch of shit to get Deshaun Watson because they just signed Dwayne fucking Haskins. Oh, Pittsburgh um, did. Pittsburgh signed. Or Pittsburgh, sorry. I'm, uh, Pittsburgh just signed Dwayne Haskins. Um, that that makes me think that Roethlisberger might be coming back for another season. You really think so? Well, uh, why else would you? I mean, maybe they sign him just to bring him in and let him go through camp to see if he can straighten his act out and maybe he does have some talent and he can play but i mean i can't imagine that they went and snagged him thinking this guy's going to be our starter this coming year and for the future yeah like you have to think it's just a you know shot in the dark play for sure on the flip side if you're washington do you give up everything i mentioned to get to sean no no if you have to the only stars that they could really give to houston that Houston would probably want would be one of their defensive stars like like Sweat or Chase Young. And they should yeah. absolutely not trade Chase Young plus a bunch of picks. Like their their defense is really good. Chase Young is a generational talent at a position where a generational talent can completely change the outcome of games and change the outcome of your season and change the culture of teams. Robert Mathis is an example. Dwight Freeney. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, Von should, Miller. Yeah. Like, you should not trade that guy under any circumstances. Um, if they threw, if they had to throw in Sweat, I would under. I don't think they should, but I would understand. Because, like, you can't, you're going to have to pay both Sweat and Young at some point, and you just can't. You can't pay yeah. two top dollar pass rushers. So, if you get no, Sweat, I'm... I understand. Um I don't know. I don't think I'd go that route if I'm Washington. I, you have to kick the tires because it's Deshaun Watson and like you teams like this has never happened in football before where you could possibly get a superstar quarterback come available on the market at in his age 25 season while he's under contract and team control for another four or five seasons. Like this has just never happened before. It may never happen again. Who knows? So you have yeah. to kick the tires, I think. But I, for what it would take, I don't know if I'd be willing to pull the trigger if I'm Washington. I think I'd want to keep that defense together. And there's other quarterback – well, like you have the draft, of course, but there's other quarterback options out there for a year or two as well. Like give Jameis Winston a shot. Uh, Fitzpatrick may be available if he doesn't retire, if you need a bridge quarterback for a year. And you might, like you won't, you might not win a Super Bowl, but like we, if you we if all you know the Jets magic and then draft somebody and, and have him learn for a year, like uh, there's options out there for, for teams like Washington who are – who are good, but maybe not ready for that great threshold yet. And there are teams that are willing to get rid of their quarterback this year as a result of the draft. Like, I hate to say this, but Sam Darnold did not show a lot on the Jets, but it was also the Jets. Like, yeah. I feel like on on any other team, he could probably be reasonable enough. Wofford, Warford, whatever the fuck his name is, who came in for the Rams, could be enough for some teams. Matt like, Stafford there are... might be available. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, you can't tell me off rip that like there are, there are no fail safes aside from Deshaun Watson. If you think that it's Deshaun Watson or bust, you're sincerely mistaken. That team needs so many more development points before it actually gets to a, to a place where you could just be like, well, fuck it, we'll trade the house to get a guy that could win us a championship this year, maybe. And there is no real uh, guarantee that it'll even work out. I mean, we've been watching the Texans for what five years now, four years now with Deshaun, and it hasn't worked out. Yeah. Uh, granted they did throw away two-thirds of his weapons and dismantle that fucking team under bill o'brien but like you know he it was there it, it could have happened 
Yeah, I think Stanford, uh, not Stanford, uh, Stafford is actually a really intriguing option for a team like Washington because they're they're built where they can compete now with that defense. Uh, I don't know what it would take to get him, but Stafford's only 32. That's not that old in quarterback years for the NFL with, you know, with his style of play as a pocket guy. Yeah. Like, he could be, if you don't have to give up a ton to get him, like, that that's an intriguing play because that would instantly make you good now especially if you could get another weapon on the outside to go with McLaurin and uh, and Logan Thomas, who, who really yep. came on as the season went on. But that could that's a winnable division, and that would be a that'd be a pretty win now. I mean, Deshaun Watson would too, but you wouldn't have to blow your team up to get Stafford. Right. So Speaking that, of Stafford, uh, the Lions just hired their new coach who looks like uh, the big uh, Lebowski, Dan Campbell. That's my boy, Dan Campbell, baby. He interimed yeah, in man. Miami for a little while. Did he really? He did. Um, Dan Campbell, uh, probably one of the more interesting first news conferences is the Lions head coach. Uh, <laughs> He's an so intense gonna, guy. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, <laughs> Players love Eagle. him, though. Players love that. They, they will play. If if I, I don't know how successful he might be or how good the Lions might end up being, but unlike Patricia, where the players didn't seem to like or respect and or play hard for him a lot of times, and he seemed really reserved over on the sideline, like, Dan Campbell is going to be animated. He is an intense guy. Oh, yeah. Players, he's a players guy. Like players love playing for that dude. They'll they'll be. Uh, I, I think players will enjoy being there now with him. The Colts have also hired offensive coordinator. I mean, I'm sorry. The Eagles have hired Colts former offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni as their next head coach. Which, um, cool, is my only response to that. Uh, I, I, I really, I mean, okay, cool. Uh, you had, uh, a ret- I'm going to get to that in a second. You had a retiring quarterback on your team for the last year. Uh, you made it work. You made a, pl- a couple of playoff appearances. It's uh, fine. I don't know if he's going to, if this is the guy that's going to solve the Wentz, um, uh, the Wentz hurts dilemma that you have going on in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm sure Philadelphians right now are very excited about this decision because, uh, they're dumb. But um, this I actually is probably... think it's a. I like it. Really? Yeah, I like it. So the, one of the problems, one of the biggest problems with Philly's offense the past couple of years is they cannot run the ball. Either they don't run the ball or they just can't. And you know who's the best at running the football the past two or three years? Indianapolis, especially this past year. They built that team around a, a massive offensive line, just full of top draft picks. They have a. They have some good, some good, not great wide receivers. And then they drafted really well at tailback and, and got some guys in there who could run. And they had – you build your offense around the running game so it takes less pressure off the quarterback, who will be Jalen Hurts after they trade Wentz. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like it. You, you finally get a running game back. You help your defense out. You help out your young quarterback who's going to need a year to grow. I think it's smart. I like it. Um, I mean, okay, cool. It's just it, – <laughs> That's I, my again, case. <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you, but but Eric Bieniemy is still out there, and and uh, not I, for nothing. That is, I, I think Houston, that is probably Houston's going to panic hire him. You really think so? Yeah, they they have they have to now to try to save Deshaun. face with Watson. Yeah, I, they have to sign, they have to they have to sign Bieniemy, and depending on the team and the GM and whatnot, maybe they didn't want to wait because you can't like obviously you have to wait until the Chiefs are out of the playoffs, or the season's over if they go to the Super Bowl. You have to wait until that's done to hire a coach. So maybe they want a coach in there as soon as possible. I don't know. Um, but I, I think 
They've been without a coach for two months. I think a lot of people, a lot of teams probably know that Houston's going to go after the enemy. Like, Houston has to hire him now. It's the only way to possibly save face with Watson, and I don't even know if that would save it at this point. Um, I don't. The stuff that Schefter's been reporting, like, it, it does, I don't know if it is fixable. But that'll be their no. panic move. They have to hire the enemy. That's, I, I can't wait for them to panic hire the enemy only to fire him a year later at the end. Less black coaches in anyway. Yeah, or well, they hire the enemy and Watson leaves, and then they're like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you ready for some picks? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just to, since we weren't able to do it this past week, the divisional round saw some very disappointing moments for me personally. My sneaky Super Bowl pick that Rams were dispatched 32-18 to 18 by the Packers in what was probably – the most thorough ass whooping of all ass whoopings in the history of the divisional round. At no point in time did the Rams ever look like they were going to win that. No, their offense was just like Walford. Walford got hurt. They're playing with golf with a broken thumb. You got Cooper cup with a bad knee. Like the offense was just not good. Like the running game you saw wasn't there this time. I, Credit to the Packers, man. They, they keep proving us wrong. We keep saying week after week that the Packers probably aren't as good as advertised, and here they are. They come out every week and just beat the shit out of everybody. So. And and you know what? This week I am going to say they're not as good based <laughs> on the way the money's fucking flowing in Vegas. Right now, but we'll talk about that in a second. I think some of that is – some of that's Brady and Bucks hype. I, I think uh, – Well, actually, I'll, 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 I'll mention I'll, it in a second. I'll read the line here first before I uh, get into that. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the um, – NFC divisional round. The Bucks beat the Saints thirty to twenty. Um, I mean, it was this was the first game with two quarterbacks older than fifty that played a, a <laughs> divisional game. Uh, uh, Drew Brees. I thought. I mean, Sean Payton already fired a couple of his guys off his fucking coaching staff for next year quietly, very quietly in New Orleans. Um, it it looks like the team is going to get a little bit of a revamp now that. Uh, now that that drew Brees is retiring another game that i don't there was did you have any questions that the bucks weren't going to win this game at any time um well not not once well i did actually like i i liked the saints going in i thought the saints were a really good matchup for the bucks and they i mean they beat the shit out of them twice during the season and the, the cliche that oh it's hard to beat a team three times a season is kind of bs like some teams just are bad matchups for other teams and i thought the saints were a bad matchup for the bucks um and they they were winning like the the game was tied at halftime the saints go up in the third if i remember correctly they go up by a a score in the third Mm -hmm. and then it all falls apart uh the saints are driving a little bit it's third down uh breeze hits jared cook over the middle for a first down plus plus a decent gain after the catch and he fumbles and then it just falls apart they turn it over well, there with a fumble. They come back the next drive. Breeze throws a pick. They come back the next drive. Breeze throws a pick. Like it, it just it, it falls apart after that. But uh, you know, up until then, if the Saints drive, if the Saints go down on that drive and they score again and go up two touchdowns, I think the game's over. My that was that Allen play was my my turning point of the game. One hundred percent. What I found to be the most disruptive part of the game for for the saints was they were not able to stop a collective run 
of Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones uh, the second, which by the way, like they only ran for like 125 yards total between the two of them. But like they were meaningful yards that uh, yeah. the Saints could not fucking stop. Like third and two, uh, uh, there was like a third and five play. Like it was just, it was consistent. Like whenever the Bucks needed it, they got it. And um, I mean, listen, shouts out to, to Drew Brees who had a hell of a career. I'm sure this one's going to sting to have to go out on three interceptions um, and for you to lose the last quarter by 10 points because you couldn't get shit going in the second half. Like the, the, the fourth quarter, so the time of possession is literally a three-minute possession difference, and that is the fourth quarter. Um, and that's what cooked the game in for them. And, um, I mean, yeah, it's going to sting, but it is what it is. So I'm going to read you the matchup right now. You ready? I'm ready. The current open for the over-under is 51 points. For which game is this? For Tampa Bay-Green Bay. 51. Okay. The Battle of the Bays, as it were. <laughs> Green Bay right now is favored by three and a half points. Oh. And I'm going to give you a little bit more here. 76% of the money is going towards Green Bay. Now. Really? Here's what's fun. I don't trust. I don't trust it. Like I don't know what to say. I just don't trust it. Like Green Bay, I mean, sure, their GM just died, and that's a big, that's a big fucking L. But when they played earlier in the year, that defense annoyed the shit out of Aaron Rodgers. Like it, it, it was bordering on abusive this year. You can't look at me and tell me that seventy-five percent of the money goes to a four-point, almost four-point win for Green Bay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I get it, but that's also like. That Bucks team played the game of their lives. That like that was the game of their season against the Green Bay, and it's probably the worst game of the season for Green Bay by far. And I think we've we've seen plenty of evidence since then that this Bucks team can certainly be beaten through the air. I don't know. I I, I like Green Bay. I don't know if I like three and a half. I think I'd rather get that down to two and a half or three. Mm-hmm. But I I like green bay now i i can't really explain it i'm just as much as i've said all season long i don't think that green bay is as good as advertised i think there's also the other factor going on the other side is like how would they be favored maybe five or six over the saints if they were playing i don't know it's tough to say i like brady and the bucks like bring an extra oomph to the lines because people are in love with them and like they have been all season. Yeah. I, don't I know. just, I, I kind of like think, Green Bay. I, I, I mean, so obviously this Tampa Bay defense is not the Rams, right? Yeah, like it's I, it, it, also Rogers is on Rogers is on the biggest fuck you all tour I've ever seen of any well, man it, ever be on. <laughs> his, his, his direct quote the other day was, uh, the, my NFL career is a mystery. Like I, like what? <laughs> like what do you mean what do you mean it's a mystery like Aaron what are you trying to say are you coming back are you not coming back like, he also said like a week or two ago where he was like uh, I forget the exact quote but he said something to the tune of like all those people with the questions and the doubters and whatnot. and he's like those seem to be a little bit quieter these days like 
Alright, okay, bro. This man is out here to just say fuck everybody, right? Everybody's been saying for so long about how, you know, they draft another quarterback and they don't want me here and they don't get me a receiver and, you know, I wasn't as good last year as the past few years and blah, blah, blah. This man's on the biggest fuck you tour ever. So, like, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm not going against – I know it's Brady in the playoffs and whatnot, but I'm not going against Aaron Rodgers right now. So, I am willing to – I'm willing to bet Tampa straight up. I'm not willing to take the three and a half. Um, I don't know. Like, to your point, man, I feel like this is like a one pickup game. Like, it can't it – can't, this is not it. Like this is way closer than I want to say it is. It's it, it it's not going to be thirty to twenty like it was last week for Tampa Bay either. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how this burns out. On the other side of the AFC, uh, of the 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 divisions, uh, the Bills beat the Ravens in what was scheduled to be the highest over of the playoffs, and it ended up being wildly under. So much so that I hit on both unders, both <laughs> the game under and the time that I bet the halftime under for 24 points the bills ended up beating the ravens 17-3 lamar did go down in that game which i mean you know whatever that 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 was it um listen bro if there was ever a naruto s character in the nfl <laughs> in the nfl universe uh josh allen is it bro he is he's going to become the the third the fifth great hokage of of, of the nfl uh, I think he's ready to take over the mantle for Brady and Breeze. I think uh, he could be. I mean, bro, he does. He does. He does weird shit. He just does weird shit, and I don't get it. Uh, and when the offense doesn't work, the defense stepped up. And I mean, the the Bills are starting to turn into the Packers of the AFC a little bit, where it's like the perfect storm is fucking brewing. Yeah, like it's really like the perfect storm is really brewing for them. Um, and then on the other side, you had the Chiefs beat the Browns twenty-two to seventeen. Um, a little, a little, a little nonsense. Uh, a little, a little, little bad shit happened there to Pat Mahomes. I don't think it was the ground that fucked him up. I think he got put in a headlock. They gave him the concussion. Um, no one reviewed it. No fines were distributed. Whatever. Uh, and now Colin Cowherd is out here yelling that we need to suspend the game or postpone the game until fucking Pat Mahomes can play, which is hysterical in its own right. Um, Why? I know. I, I thought this was football, Colin. I thought. We didn't guys spend get it for Cooper Cup, who's arguably the most important part of the Rams' offense. So, or or Goff, really, who is the second most. Important yeah, player. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just fucking, just just fictional horse shit. Um, but uh, fuck, I forgot his name. The backup quarterback for the Chiefs. Uh, oh, Chad Henney. Chad Henney. Can we just talk about how Chad Henney came in and had the biggest big dick Nick Foles moment? Chad Henney, play, Chad Henney ain't that good anymore, but Chad Henney could play for like he was with Miami for years and he he could he play. got what like four four he got four playoff appearances or some shit under his belt like I mean you know he didn't have a great career but he had a career I mean, he's uh, still I'm, around I'm, after all these years he's had a good career <laughs> sure uh, that hail mary throw that wasn't really a throw it was like <laughs> underthrown whatever the fuck that was to get them uh, basically the win um, just. The Chiefs, so here's, I have two, you don't believe in it, and I've asked you this question, do you believe in teams of destiny? And you say no all the time. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Sometimes. I'm starting to believe Green Bay is that team. That's, okay. With, with, the, with the passing of the GM, which really, really, really sucks with Ted Thompson it, passing today, but like, I, like, I texted you immediately, and I was like, I cannot wait to bet the Packers to win the Super Bowl now, because this is just like, 
This is perfect storm. If, yeah, if if there's ever to be a team of destiny, now this is it. Yep. But the uh, flip side is the Bills and the AFC seem to be that team on the other side, and everything's looking it, for them. There, I'm a believer in Josh Allen. That dude is so good. Stephon Diggs has brought. Uh, Stephon Diggs unlocked that team. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment of riches what they have. In- yeah, yeah, they're a whole different beast now. With like Stephon Diggs, just he unlocked Josh Allen's potential. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, they're a whole different team, I, and I believe in them. I don't know who means more to their organization, Stephon Diggs or Tyreek Hill. We're gonna find out this weekend. Like, oh, I, I think more. it's. I, well, right now, I think it's Diggs because just the from what you see last year uh, with Josh Allen and the Bills. And what you see this year, like it's a whole different Josh Allen. He's grown so much. the The team itself is so much better with Stephon Diggs there, and I think Mahomes is already like Mahomes is going to be good with whatever you put out there. Like they still got Travis Kelsey, they still got Nicole Hardman, who's basically Tyreek Hill Jr. in the wings. Like they they still got some guys out there who can play. Um, so I right now, if you ask me that, I think Diggs is the definite answer. So the the big question obviously is going is is, is Patrick Mahomes going to be cleared to play uh, come They're Sunday? Gonna, listen, Pat the answer is one thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's playing on. Listen, listen the bro, league he's is playing not going to have a high profile playoff weekend without their poster boy in there. The whole fucking brand is built around fucking Patrick Mahomes. You can't watch an NFL game without State Farm Patrick Mahomes commercial at least five times. Exactly. Like, of course, my man is playing. Patrick the Mahomes is the NFL now. But listen, bro. If I'm the if I'm the Bills defense, the first thing I'm doing is I. It's a clothesline to the neck. I'm trying to take you down hard. I'm trying to not. take you down early. I don't I, think they I, will. Uh, they're gonna hit him hard. They're gonna try and hit him. Oh, hard. they're gonna try to hit him. You won't see any. You won't see any shenanigans going on. But they're they're yeah. definitely trying to hit him. Well, we'll nah, these teams well, are these teams are. We're we're not in. Uh, you know, we're and Dominic and Sue ain't out there. Like these teams are are mostly respectful these these aren't this isn't baltimore trufant's not out there yeah. <laughs> ah, they won't they won't do anything crazy they will try to hit him but yeah pat mahomes is playing he could go out there he could ask them what day it is before the game starts and like they're still gonna be like oh you're fine kid get out there yeah i don't think uh, they should because this man well, has he, a 10-year contract for 16 trillion dollars uh, he, and he's the future, the present, and everything for their franchise. So if they have any doubt whatsoever, I I think they should look at the bigger picture. But they won't. He'll be out there. Listen, man, he was already outside limited practice today. Apparently he has a concussion and toe injury, which, okay, I didn't know one was a symptom of the other or vice versa. <laughs> uh, but as of right now, today, Thursday, uh, the 21st of January, the line – for that game it's chiefs minus three the over under is 54 uh most of the money actually that's not true wow the money's actually spit split 51 percent to kansas city 49 percent to buffalo so uh whew. the spread is the actually buffalo train i'm on the buffalo train and i'm actually i'm gonna take the points with buffalo too i'll yeah. take three points I'm taking the three points and I'm taking I, I I'm taking them straight up. I don't I mean I don't see a world where I think I may I may I may mm, I may tease this. I may tease Green Bay down to like two and a half and tease Buffalo up to four. So I get okay. the extra I get the extra point. So, you know, Chiefs win by a field goal, I'm still a winner there. That might be a 
That might be an interesting teaser. I might tease those lines a little bit, put them together. Um, I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that this is going to be this is this game is going to be probably way better to watch than anything. Like I thought the I thought the Baltimore Bills game was going to be like a, a hot ticket item. Um, and it didn't live up to expectations. I don't think Tampa Bay Green Bay is going to live up to expectations. I think Buffalo KC will. Um, I have I have high hopes that it's going to be just oh, so much fun to watch. I was watching what was it the eighty something or yeah it was like the eighty something uh, Bills versus the Miami Dolphins uh, in the Marino days, and Bills lost or uh, Miami lost, and it was the first time that uh, the Bills got to go to a to a divisional in what was like 10 years prior to or whatever it was um if they go to a super bowl i want to be in buffalo i will drive to buffalo that night it's it's oh, i will God. fucking bro that is going to be the super spreader event of the fucking century <laughs> up there. uh i hope my dear aunt doesn't listen to this because she'll she'll hold you to that and make me go with you she's really to, yeah she's 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 from buffalo and bill's mafia all day long so uh she's been trying to get me up there for for many years now I, it ain't gonna be this year with covid but one year one year no. i'm a believer i'm a believer, no. I'm a believer. I, I i love the contrast to the, the nfc you've got the old guys and the old you know first mm-hmm. ballot hall of famers past mvps super bowl champs like you know the old guys nearing the end of their run and then the afc you got these young guns coming up who've got another 10 to 12 years of domination and they're just the 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 styles and the the, the contrast and it is fun to watch it and will the Super be it's gonna, guaranteed to be fun too because you're going to have an old dog versus one of these young and you do yeah and and i think it's it's it, it is the passing of the guard for for sure so i'm i'm, I'm very excited about what it's going to look like come uh come february um last but not least any shout outs people you got anything you want to you want to holla out here anybody anything you want to talk about because i know i got one shout out. i got one yeah. uh oh, shout out your your, little, your project that's out we haven't had a chance to really talk much about it since we haven't been on but uh you know yes your, your boy got a little music project out another one yeah another one yeah uh came out last week uh in in between me uh just being an absolute load on the couch uh <laughs> which you know man it is what it is uh I, 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 it's free as I always do. Uh, if you want to pay for it, you certainly can. Money gets donated to some sort of cause. I think I've mentioned it. It'll go to the uh, ACLU, uh, which, you know, even though we have a new Presidente, uh, Joseph Biden, in charge, uh, you know, while the kids might not be in cages, they're still separated from their parents. And uh, one of the goals of the ACLU is to make sure that we can reunite them with their parents. Um, and the money goes to, you know, them having lawyers present when a judge asks them and they, they understand their rights a little essay doesn't speak any English so uh, that is uh, th- that's where the money goes if you pay for the project uh, the link is ctbmusic.bandcamp.com maybe in some way shape or form we can find a way to link it for these episodes or whatever in the description it's actually linked on my twitch page if you watch this live or watch the VODs of, of, uh, of this pod there is a panel on the twitch page that takes you directly directly to the site i appreciate that very much my shout out goes to a 39 year old who has never played in a super bowl (laughs) 
I knew I knew it was coming at some point before we got off the air. <laughs> he ranks fifth in NFL history with 63,000 passing yards behind only Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Favre. He's an eight-time Pro Bowler. He is fifth in the league history with 421 touchdown passes, again, only behind Brady, Brees, Manning, and Favre. He's the bolo tie wearing, 32 child having, <laughs> none other than Philip Rivers. Uh, it yesterday it was an emotional day for everybody, uh, me in particular because the the root of my ire, the NFL. Um, as a Broncos fan, I had to deal with Philip Rivers for the entirety of my life in America, uh, and some way, shape, or form. As a Charger, he would always find a way to fuck us, and it was infuriating to watch him and Ladini and, and Tomlinson and 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 those fucking tight ends that they had out there for so fucking long beat us twice a year for no goddamn reason, and we were the better <laughs> team. Um, but you know what? I I, I have to say, um, he had a great year this year for the Colts. Um, it's gonna be. It's going to be a shame to not have that personality. Um, it's going to be even more of a shame to not have fodder every Monday for me to throw out <laughs> Phil River memes. And every time he plays a game, Al Michaels or, Sean, or uh, Collinsworth just being like, well, he has 15 children after all, and it is the day after Christmas. I wonder what time he got to bed. Um, like, that bullshit. But I got to say, man, like, uh, really just fucking incredible career. And, and one last thing I got to say about Phil Rivers. One last thing. Do you know how much Phil Rivers got paid his last year in the league, which was this past year? I don't remember. This, 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 this the 17-year career, this 39-year-old man signed a one-year, $25 million contract paid out at the start of the season. Um, so I got to give him fucking credit, man. Like, I don't know how he's done it, but God bless him. Wish him the best. I hope I never fucking see his face again on a goddamn television screen. <laughs> I will <laughs> fucking spit on his grave. Shit. One last thing. If you're a fan of the podcast and you listen to all of our content, uh, we promise we do have the Unmaskables coming this weekend. We're a little yeah. bit late. We know we've had all kinds of uh, issues getting together to get it done. We've also been working on uh, uh, getting these things housed all in one place for your enjoyment at ease on YouTube, um, social media pages, all that stuff. All that stuff's coming soon. Uh, stick with us. We appreciate everybody listening. The numbers for Unmaskables has actually been pretty crazy. Um, so we appreciate it and uh, we promise it is coming this weekend. And maybe uh, sooner yeah. after that than every other week. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna discuss the prospect of weekly with a comic book, which actually I would be on board with only because I enjoy reading. Um, yeah. Brandon, uh, this is a shout out to you. Thank you for lending me Pete Martin. I literally consumed it in two days. Uh -huh. um, and we might do longer form graphic novels and comics just to see, you know, what your guys' take on it. But yeah, we will be recording on Saturday. Uh, I have to say that uh, for as much as I, you know, it is a, you know, it's, it's a Marvel 
Star Wars comic. I was like, uh, I don't know this, but it's, it was pretty good. I got it. I mean, it's a fun ass story. Like, it's it pretty sweet. So I'm, I'm looking forward to recording the rest of these with you guys. And uh, please keep an eye out for anything that says culture fluent on it. Uh, that is where we're going to be trying to uh, house some of our stuff moving forward for the Unmaskables, Uncoachables, uh, and maybe one day um, the Unwatchables, which will probably be a, a, a a podcast about movies that we think are awful so um <laughs> Ooh, that'll be interesting so uh just keep an ear out and uh yeah as always like subscribe share tell us you love us tell us you hate us if you're a phil rivers fan stay the fuck out of my inbox <laughs> culturefluentmedia at gmail.com send him a message about how much you love philip rivers i'm not into this shit have a great weekend, guys. We'll see you Saturday for Unmaskables. Uh, see you next week for Uncoachables. And uh, stay safe. Enjoy the, the weekend football. And if you're in Virginia, get your gambling on. Yeah, I can't wait to go down there and gamble. <laughs>